Buckle on in for a conversation with 12-year-old Bayes Wilder, one of the best rock climbers in the world, not only for his age, but across all climbers. Get a chance to hear conversations with him and his parents talking about risk, joy in the outdoors, assessment, and what his youth looked like that brought him to this place today. Get ready for a fun one. Welcome to The Avid Adventurer. I'm your host, Dave Secunda, founder of Avid for Adventure, and I am psyched you're here. Each week, just like today, I'll bring you an interview with a kiddo, young adult, or a parent as they share not only the details of their noteworthy outdoor pursuits, but also how they navigate risk, challenge, setbacks, and service in their journey. It'll bring a smile to your face and you'll feel your heart expand as you get to know the inner landscapes of these athletes. After listening, I know you'll feel uplifted and ready for your own next avid adventure. So let's dive in. Bayes Wilder, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to talk to you. Um, yeah, I'm so excited us, as well. Give us a moment, just introduce yourself, uh, share the vital details about you. Yeah, I'm Bayes Wilder, 12 years old, from um, live in Boulder, Colorado, and yeah, I, cl- I love to climb so much. I, I hear you love to climb. I've watched you online climbing some, which is just uh, the inspiration for connecting with you on this call. But before I talk uh, about that, um, let me give you the opportunity for you to share a little bit about your climbing history. You know, What are you most proud of as far as like your escapades and your adventures in the outdoors? Yeah, I, I, I'm proud of a ton of things in my climbing career, but like what's something really cool is that like I've started at like a really young age mm. with like having my parents be really awesome with like the outdoors and like bringing me out climbing a bunch and like what's a really cool thing is that um from the ages like two to five I did the um, first five I did the five flat irons and mm. it was really cool because like I was just like getting out as like a youngster and just like <laughs> Have, oh my gosh. So, so just for any listeners who don't know what the flat irons are, share what are the flat irons? Like, how big are they? Where are they? And so, just I'm picturing you two to five years old on the flat irons. So, say more about that. So, like, um, um, in Boulder, like, there's the mountain range, like the Rocky Mountains. Like, there's like a bunch of these, like, really cool rocks. And, like, there are five, like, really specific ones that are, like, the biggest. And they're, like, kind of really cool, like, triangular shapes. And, like, um, they're just, like, um, pretty, like, like really fun. Um, how flat- long are they? How, how far are they? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to say they're pitches and pitches long. So, yeah, they're, they're you know. Long. Hundreds to uh, probably a thousand feet, you know, on these things. So again, I just want listeners to be aware: like two to five years old, going out and getting on it on the on the flat irons. That is an yeah. awesome start. I love it. There's a lot of like scrambling too, which is cool. And like, also a really funny thing about this is that I was like, re- like starting to like to on the first one. I did the second flat iron, which is like the easiest one when I was two. 
And, like, I wasn't really able to walk. So, like, basically my mom was carrying me up. And then I was doing, like, the climbing part. It was really Oh, fun. my gosh. Mom carries you to the base and you get on the rock and, and got yeah, after it. It was, like, a pretty long, longer hike up to there. So, like, yeah. I was, like, not walking as much on the hike. I so love it. I had to be well, careful. If that's your start, what else are you proud of in uh, in the outdoors? I'm proud of like a lot of like some of my best like achievements in climbing, mm-hmm. like um, um, a lot of like my hardest like sense of climbing. I'm really like proud of myself and like I was like when I've done them, I was like super psyched to like do them and just like yeah, it's so fun. What what are some of the harder uh, routes that you have climbed again, just to level set for folks, um, so that they understand kind of the level of climbing that you're doing these days. Well, one of my hardest, um, sport climbing. So like on ropes and stuff mm-hmm. is, um, it was in like Kentucky, the red river gorge. Mm-hmm. And it was called like Southern smoke. It was a really cool climb and it was five fourteen C. Wow. I was super psyched to do that one. Oh my gosh. When I was, I, I'm totally proud of you. I just got to say. Thank you so much. <laughs> when I was 10, we went out there on a trip and I was like projecting it for the trip. And I was like, on one of our last days, I like had a really good attempt and like a bunch of people were at that area trying other stuff on this like wall with a bunch of like 514s. And when I got to the top, I was just so excited, so ecstatic. And just everybody with like, went off like so loud and was just like cheering and clapping and it was like such a like crazy moment for me and it was just like breath taking i love it you know Baze, i wish listeners could actually see you as you talk about your climbing because this is one of the things that just made me want to talk to you so much is you are so enthusiastic and a lot of people come out with some big egos in the climbing world. You might've noticed this before. And what you tend to talk about is like this incredible feeling of just being proud of yourself and accomplishment. And then also being in the outdoors with your friends. I really have listened to you talk about that as well as such a, such a great part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell me, um, let's, let's switch away from climbing for a second, or it might be climbing, but let me ask you the question just so folks can know something else about you. Finish the sentence, like, if you really knew me, you would know that what? What's one of the things that people might not know about you? I would know that you would know that if you really know, knew me, then you would know that I love problem solving in general. Mm. I'm like, I'm really like fun to be around. Like I love like hanging out with my friends and stuff and like with my problem solving, I love like doing all sort of like, like problems or stuff. Like I love like doing, solving the Rubik's cube or like doing like Mm. puzzles, like all sorts of like different puzzles. And also I love math and like math is like really fun for me because like also there's this like, cool really cool competition in like schools that we can do where it's called math counts and it's like Mm -hmm. these really tricky problems and then like you can qualify there's like a school competition and you can qualify and then like there's like like a chapter competition which is like part of like the state and then there's a state competition and then there's like a nationals competition and like 
it's really cool. Like last year, I did it and I got to states. It was super awesome. And oh I'm my gosh. and the first competition like at our school is next week, and I'm really excited to do it. Oh I God. can literally see the excitement when you're talking about it. It's kind of the same excitement when you talk about your climbing as well and and your other things, which is just. You know, Baze, I just got to say, it's so beautiful on a person to just see that total, like, unbounded. I am so excited about this. And it makes me excited just to hear you talk about the math competition and your climbing in the outdoors. So rewind a little bit. You shared about this one situation when you were, you know, learning to climb at age two out of the flat irons with your mom carrying you to the base and then climbing up. Are there any other early experiences in your life that you remember um, around getting into the outdoors or or as you were increasing your climbing that really come to mind that you think are just, you know, important stories about who you are? Yeah. I feel like at like a really young age, I was like, my parents were like really um, get, getting me out into the outdoors a ton. Like mm-hmm. in preschool, I, my mom, um, had me like not go like fully, like only like two days or so a week. So the other days we would get like nature days and we would like mm. go around, like find like icy rivers and then like go in like boots and stuff and just like walk through them and like have fun. And like we would build forts all the time. Like right next to our house, we have this like area, like, um, the call, like we call it like the open space, but like it's this really nice like loop three mile loop and it's like we would like build a ton of like massive forts and one time i built this like massive fort when i was maybe like five or so or six five six seven or one of those Mm -hmm. and we like it was so massive and like the 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 logs we used for it it was like a teepee style kind of like teepee half teepee half lean to on like Mm -hmm. other like tree branches and um it was like probably like 15 feet tall and we like it's still there today and like oh my gosh it's super fun to come back and just like visit it and like see what it's like cool to like see what other people have like added to it yeah well um i feel uh it reminds me of when i was 12 like thinking about some of my stories growing up night not quite like i grew up in urban los angeles i didn't have some of those uh, same experiences but Boy, that is awesome to think back about those and how they influenced you. It sounds like your parents really, I mean, it feels like to me, you're also kind of sharing some gratitude for your parents and kind of setting you up in the outdoors yeah. for the ability to have all these different outdoor experiences. Yeah, I'm so happy that my parents were like such like, so like um, helpful to me, like just like enthusiastic about like, getting me outdoors and just like having fun with me and like not having me be on like screens too much and like like yeah I'm so happy (laughs) that like um they did that because like I'm glad I'm just like being outdoors instead of like inside just like playing like video games or something all the time or like watching tv it's like so much more like fun to be outside I love it and I also love that you know you share with the same enthusiasm, building a fort and thinking about what people have been in it since then as climbing a 514, um, which, you know, certainly just again, to frame it for those listening, you are certainly one of the best 
young climbers, but really also one of the best climbers out there right now, period. Um, and so it's just, I, I love just seeing like your general enthusiasm, which clearly, uh, you know, spills over into the climbing and everything else you do and, and your friendships as well. Talk a little bit, like before we started recording this, I asked you kind of what you did uh, to set up when you were going to try a hard climb to, to kind of really uh, get ready to do that. And you, you shared two different things. Can you share what those things were that, uh, again, for, for listeners, there was, there was one about like seeing in your mind and another one about a move that you do uh, to prep to share a little bit about what those things are, those rituals that you might do. On the team, climbing team that I'm on, Team ABC, we do, like, a bunch of, like, it's really cool how, like, they come up with, like, have really, like, nice things for us to do, like, mm -hmm. good ideas for us to do before the climb. And, like, they've taught it, taught me a lot about, like, visualization. And, like, mm. it's very important because, like, it can, like, sometimes, like, before I'm, like, about to attempt, like, a really hard climb, I visualize the climb. And I, can, I just, like, visualize myself climbing it perfectly, just, like, flawless and just, like, feeling so good on it. And it builds, like, a lot of confidence in me. And it, like, helps me prepare for, like, the climb and helps me be able to, like, try really hard and try my hardest. I and love that. Thing, in ABC, we do, like, some, like, they have come up with these, like, five steps that we do before mm -hmm. we do the climb. And the steps are, um, first one is read the route. Second one is chalk up. Mm -hmm. Third one is anchor. And so like that anchor is, and the fourth one is try hard. And then fifth one, try harder. I mean, try different, try different <laughs> is what I meant. Um, so that anchor is like really cool because like, it's just like a motion to do to like kind of like for mine it's like standing up like going like like breathing hard and then like putting my shoulders down like and like to just like it's a motion to just like get me psyched and just like help me like prepare to like try hard i love it do you ever use the anchor or visualization in things other than climbing in your life well sometimes well, I don't really know. Maybe like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. No, no worries. Have you ever, let me, let me go in specifically to climbing. You know, can you recall a time when you were scared on a climb? Well, I'm doing like a ton of, I, um, in climbing, there's like, a like kind of a bunch of different like types of climbing. So there's like, mm -hmm root climbing um sport there's bouldering mm -hmm. there's trad climbing and then there's like ice climbing and stuff and then there's mm -hmm. a bunch of like other branches that are like incorporating some of those mm -hmm. but i mainly like i have been i do a bunch of sport climbing and a bunch of bouldering and recently mm -hmm. i've been trying to get into trad climbing mostly mm -hmm. and i've been really it's like really hard because it's like um you have to um, very it's like the climbing is um kind of scary sometimes because it's um like you have to place your own gear in like cracks and stuff mm -hmm. and so like sometimes 
it's hard to like trust your pieces and yeah. like um be able to like commit to moves so like mm-hmm. I've, I've um felt a lot of fear while mm-hmm. track climbing like even on like easier like climbs how do you deal with that fear what do you do with that when you feel that come up into your into your body sometimes i try to just like breathe like deeply and then just like be like say to myself like it's like i'm gonna be safe like i i'm gonna try to trust like my pieces of gear and then just like just like deep Mm. breaths and then try to like be able to like just commit to the moves Mm. i love it i love it those are such you know uh, one of the things i really like about this in general um is that all of these things, although you're talking about climbing, they're so relevant for life. You know, they're, they're like, there will be situations that are scary in life where it's hard to figure different things out. And it just feels like these different skills that you have acquired around climbing, um, they're life skills. You know, they're life yeah. skills in dealing with social situations or problem technical problem. situations or problem solving. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I um, am like short for my age. Mm-hmm. And like, especially short for like climbing. Mm-hmm. So like, also like, I really have to like work through problem moves that are like relatively straightforward for like people like taller than me. So mm-hmm. I have to like really be able to be good at problem solving so that I can figure out beta that works for myself. Mm-hmm. And like, it's really interesting how I like, it's really I feel like it's fun to problem solve because it's just like you're looking at whatever thing, like thinking of like impossible beta, like maybe feet first or like a knee bar on like a crimp or something or just like some like insane way to do it. And like sometimes I can like find those crazy beta and make them work for myself. Mm, and I, I love that. So fun. It's like makes me feel really happy when I just like am able to like find out a beta that works for me. And it's just like, it just is like, feels really good. That's awesome. I'm going to ask you one more question. Then I'm going to see if your parents will join us for the conversation as well. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So how has the outdoors or climbing brought you closer together as a family or like, like created family bonds? Are there, are there ways that that's happened? Yeah. I feel like it's really nice to like, when I love like backpacking and like camping and stuff with my family and like also like like doing 14ers or so and like I feel like whenever we go on like hikes or like climbing trips or like camping it's like brings us together and it's like really nice to just like have quality time just like and also like when you're hiking or so like you're just like out there and just like it's like really nice to just be out in the wilderness like with like my family who I love and like, mm. it's just super nice. And it's like brought us so much like joy as a family. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Why is Avid for Adventure voted one of Outside Magazine's best places to work year after year? Because when you work here, your office is the outdoors, atop mountains in rivers and on trails alongside colleagues that share your passions. Your to-do list will consist of teaching curious kids how to paddle, climb, hike, bike, and thrive in the outdoors. This isn't your typical day job. It's an adventure you'll never forget. Come check out all the opportunities for this summer at Avid for Adventure 
at avid4.com and then click on jobs. Awesome. Can you invite your mom and dad in? Are they there that we can uh, bring them into the picture? Yeah. Mama, Papa. <laughs> he's never done an interview like this. so Excellent. Well, yeah. I mean, it seems like he's done everything else. Like to like to like to start him young on this one too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's wider than it is showing us as well. Probably, probably. It's, it's all good on this one. There you go. Yeah, you'll just have to cuddle in as a family and you can do it up there. Well, um, gosh, Sandy and Matt, thank you both for joining in on this conversation as well and, um, and chiming in after the one-on-one with Bayes here. I would love to hear from both of you. I mean, I've heard from Bayes what an important part the outdoors has played, obviously, in his life climbing and beyond just like this general love of being in the outdoors. How about for both of you? Did you grow up having time in the outdoors or is it something that came in latter life? Like how did this become something in your family um, that was such a uh, foundational material that everything seems to rest upon? So, yeah, I grew up in a family um, that also got outside a lot. My dad was really into hiking, and so as like a little kid, we would go on little backpacking trips. He was also into sailing, and so he had a little sailboat, and we would do some like overnight sailing trips. Uh, and so that was sort of, uh, I, I would say, instilled in me and my brother at an early age, and we were getting outside, and um, that to some like he never did any climbing or anything, but that that experience to some extent ultimately led to our early climbing experiences as, as teenagers. Nice. And, and how about you, Sandy? How about your upbringing? I didn't have that many opportunities, but it was more like neighborhood kids always playing outside until dark, mm-hmm. until the parents mm-hmm. called us in. So mm-hmm. I didn't have like the wilderness or um, any of those like adventurous kind of outdoor experiences that a lot of kids have which I guess is why I appreciate it more now and really want Bayes to experience those. Um. (laughs) Got it. Got it. And so when I originally connected with all three of you, um, it was by cell phone in Waco tanks on a family trip out there. Is that, is that common that you're all out and about on a climbing trip together as a family or how, how do things like that typically unfold? Definitely. Yeah. Every school break that there is, I used to be a teacher. And so I always had the same breaks as Bays. And so every spring break, winter break, Thanksgiving, like any chance we got, we would get in our camper and go somewhere, usually on a climbing trip. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like, especially when Bays was really young, this is how we chose to spend our free time. And, and so I was a, a grad student early on. And so I was on the school schedule uh, when he was mm-hmm. born and when he was really young. And so. I mean, this is just what we wanted to do. Like prior to that, I had lived on the road, traveling and climbing. And um, so, you know, that's how we spent our free time. So whenever we had the opportunity, we'd get out there. And then, you know, over time, as Bayes grew older, he was able to like participate more, but he was always in that environment. His first road trip was actually when he was two months old. As soon as he was born. It was when my summer break for teaching started. And we went to Waco. No, actually, we didn't. Oh. We went to, um, you were you were six months old when we went there first. <laughs> when he was two months old, we went to the Needles in California. Um, uh. We started there and went to Tahoe and that area. 
So we were on a two month long um, trip in our camper when he was just mm. two months old and we would carry him in our little packs and hike along and do some climbing. We usually for climbing, we had a third person, um, mm. obviously someone, you know, to stay behind with bays and mm-hmm. the other person to climb. We used to have um, two dogs. Uh-huh. And, like, we'd always like take them on our adventures with us. And like, it was like, we would bring them to Waco and they'd like, they couldn't go in the park, sadly, but they would like love to like run around like in our campgrounds and like we would always take them on our adventures. But like sadly, um, uh, one of them, Emma was like two and a half years yeah, ago. Yeah, passed away like mm. in Waco, and I was really mm. sad. Oh, I'm so sorry. That then sounds really sad. Our other one, she was 16, Daphne. Her mm-hmm. names were Daphne and Emma, but recently Daphne, she was um. Like she was like sixteen years old, and so she was getting really old, and like so sadly we had to like put her down. But uh, I yeah, them, and, like I wish we could still be like have them and like take them on camping trips and stuff. Totally. Well, Baze, I can see how sad you are, even just like talking about um, not having your dogs right now. And um, sixteen years—that is a beautiful dog life. That is a that is a big dog life, and um, it sounds like they had some big adventures with you throughout uh, throughout your life as well. You know, um, there's a lot of parents that listen to this podcast, and so I kind of want to ask you two as parents to talk about risk a little bit and kind of how risk assessment and tolerance plays into the family equation for you individually and for Bayes. And as Bayes is growing and he is more, you know, choosing his own adventure as well, uh, you know, how risk plays into this whole picture. I think a lot of parents are really, um, they kind of wonder how to navigate and what the appropriate path is as a parent. And I also want to uh, acknowledge both of you, and it sounds like Sandy in particular, for this early like preschool days of of forced school that, that Bayes had and how influential clearly it was uh, in what he shared about those early days of, of being in rivers and forests and stomping around. But yeah, talk about a little uh, about this risk assessment and kind of how you decide what's inbounds, out of bounds, and those sorts of things? That's a great question. Uh, risk is a, it's a very interesting thing, both as a parent, um, the risks that you take, and then, you know, the risks you allow your kids to take. At the early side of that, like I had to question a lot of the choices I made in my climbing and the risks that I was willing to take as a parent, just like, because I didn't want to be in a situation where uh, something could go wrong and and I wouldn't be there for Bayes um, completely. And so you know, I, I grappled with that early on. And, and now the tables have turned a little bit. And, you know, he's at a point where in his climbing, he, you know, gets into situations where he has to take on some risk to achieve what he's doing. And, and some of that risk is, uh, you know, there's always like a risk of failure. and um, I think that's really good for people to uh, struggle with. Um, the challenge in climbing is that sometimes failure can come with like injury and uh, you know danger. When there's when there's risk of that involves some some like injury or danger or even like the potential for death, then 
you have to take that very seriously and we do um but we also don't want to like uh stifle what he's trying i think like we would never have him in a situation where like he could like die or get seriously injured um i mean of course you know freak accidents can happen anywhere you can get hit crossing the road or get in a car accident but you know, we, we take it very safe with his choices in climbing, but we allow him to take some risks as well and to climb on boulder problems that might be kind of high off the ground where if you slip, you're going to take a bad fall or uh, mm-hmm. in traditional climbing where you're putting in your own gear, like there's certain sure. falls where you can could hurt yourself. And, and that's part of climbing. As climbers, we understand that. So we're, we have a little bit better view into that and and we also understand his abilities very well and we've seen him in these situations many times and so we have a very good understanding of what he's capable of and and where his limits are and and so we can play that pretty well but you never know for sure so it's it's a tough one one example is um for instance in traditional climbing where you place your own gear um mm -hmm. and we have el dorado canyon really close to our house we're lucky to have that place so this is where mostly base has um led traditional climbs but um yeah so one example of um just you know assessing the risk like maybe base will start on top rope and then do a mock lead of a climb and then matt being the more experienced um traditional climber um you've done that yeah the, uh the evictor or um surf stuff or not with surf stuff but evictor the victor i didn't do mock lead well, with some well, some climbs, some climbs he'll he'll be on top rope and then he'll place some gear, and then mm-hmm. Matt will go up and check um, mm-hmm. his gear to see if it's good. Or even if Baze is leading something um, a little lower than his limits, then Matt will follow to check his gear um, mm-hmm. and verify you know which pieces were good, or he'll give them some tips on how to make certain pieces better. And so um, you know that's one example. So obviously yes. traditional climbing is very risky, but um, you know, if you do it in those stages, then you can kind of build some trust and he can learn to trust his own gear as well. And that, that's how Faze just pointed out, you know, like at this point, he he places, reliably places solid pieces. But yeah. As, so I like to have my dad check. Yeah. And for sure. Into traditional climbing, that was when we were doing more of the like checking and, and doing it together yeah. to make sure that and giving feedback. As well. So to just kind of share back the different things that I heard, because um, I think kind of you're sharing this experience uh, as a family with Bayes and 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 for you and around you, Bayes. But I think these are also just great learnings about the outdoors and about just kids in general. So some of the themes that I heard you talk about were one is an accurate assessment of Bayes' ability that's really based on seeing him in these different situations over time um, and seeing him succeed. And so having a a pretty good idea of uh, what he's capable of. Um, And then another one is controlled risk environments, like making decisions about what are acceptable risks overall um, and, 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 still, you know, providing a guidance in that. And for listeners who aren't climbers, um, you know, although we're talking about these extreme difficulty limits, 
still what I hear Matt talking about is, is really that even within this kind of extreme difficulty of climbing, um, there's a range of risk that can be assessed and, and narrowed to an acceptable range. And then Sandy, I also heard you just sharing about this idea of also just like setting up for success, like practicing in incremental steps. And so you might take a climb and try it on a top rope in a controlled environment. Maybe there's a mock lead and then just kind of leading up to that, that final thing. Um, like again, great for climbing, but awesome for parenting. I mean, this is, this is like a great formula for parenting in any situation, uh, you know, when your kiddos are growing up and, um, and, and kind of branching out. So Baze, how about for you, what do you, um, what do you envision for yourself over these next years? What are your aspirations as a climber? What, what really gets you excited looking forward? I am really excited to just like, um, do a bunch of like outdoor climbing and stuff, but also mm -hmm. I, um, am really psyched on the comps and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, also, like, in a few years, I think I'll be able to, like, maybe possibly qualify for, like, the World Cup Series or, like, maybe the Olympics and stuff. And I kind of aspire to, like, try to because that would be really cool. But, like, yeah, I just – and I just want to have a lot of fun in, like, outdoor climbing and calm climbing and stuff. Uh, thank you for sharing those things. So interesting, just to reflect back to you, Baze, you're completely willing to commit to having fun in the outdoors. And again, this has been thematic. I've heard you talk about this on videos and in all sorts of things, like how much you enjoy being in the outdoors, being with your friends in the outdoors, just the climbing environment, the things that occur out there. And you're like, I am all in. And then you're like, and maybe, maybe, you know, nationals or the Olympics as well. Uh, you know, just to reflect back to you, yeah, you know, I, I would invite you to just have that same enthusiasm because you're on an amazing track towards the biggest goals out there. Um, how does it feel to you, Bays, to have people look at you for inspiration at 12 years old, like, wow, wow. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, people say that they look at your videos or they look at you at a climbing area and they're just like, wow. How does that feel to be looked at with that sort of wonder uh, and as kind of a mentor in the climbing world? <laughs> say, what, say what you feel. I mean, yeah, say what you feel. I'm going to, I'm going to say something that reflects what I'm seeing in your body language, which is like, you're not that comfortable with it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not like something where you're out in front with your ego or something saying I am, you know, what, what was that? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm like at some place, like somebody like recognizes me and then says like, hi. And like, sometimes I don't really like, oh, well, I think it's nice, but like, well, sometimes I don't really like feel too comfortable with that because like, I, I don't really want to be like too like recognized or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think yeah. one way to put it maybe is that like, he doesn't like to be the center of attention. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I completely hear you. And Baze, the thing that keeps coming um, through to me is like the love of the sport and the love of the outdoors. It's like, that's what drives you forward. And that is, um, in and of itself, that is 
a, a beautiful thing for people to be around because it gets other people psyched about being in the outdoors um, and doing their best. And, uh, and just listening to you today on things like your anchor and your visualization, those are things that, that people can take forward um, as, they, as they pursue their climbing careers or whatever it may be. We, before we started this call together, I said, um, after you talked about that, I said, okay, Baze, before we start talking, let's take a minute and visualize what a really successful conversation would look like today. And I watched you just like drop in in the same way that you do probably before you're getting on a hard climb and just kind of visualize what that, what that conversation would look like. So in that visualization, is there anything that happened that hasn't happened in this conversation yet that you want to make sure unfolds to make this an awesome experience for you? No, I just okay. want like an awesome experience. <laughs> Fantastic. Wonderful. And Sandy and Matt, anything else just in the last minute or two that I haven't asked you about yourselves or Bayes? I mean, there's so much to tell. We could, we could spend an hour with every one of you individually going deep, and I know you all have stories to tell. But anything else that um, you think would be uh, important or interesting for our listeners to, to hear? I think uh, one thing that, that we think about with climbing, and, and maybe it extends beyond that, but is uh, trying to like develop and foster a lifelong love for the sport and something that he'll be able to carry forward, you know, decades into the future, you know, if he chooses to, if he chooses a different path, that's fine too. But like being able to like find these passions and explore them and uh, love them. And uh, I think that's, that's a really, uh, powerful ability for any individual and so that's that's one of the like kind of top motivating factors that as parents we we think about with with respect to him and and his journey through climbing making these moments um very special and you know limiting like um any negativity or you know criticisms like don't use these times to like point out faults you know like mm -hmm. oh beige you should really work on this or you know mm -hmm. whatever but just try to make um I don't know, just like make them memorable experiences and definitely like don't push too hard, let him go the pace he wants. And if he wants, like, you know, some days when we're out climbing when he was younger, especially he just, or even now, I guess sometimes he would just choose to not climb. He would just say, I'm not in the mood to climb. And sometimes mm -hmm. it was just, you know, he wanted to play or build little forts or, you know, stack some rocks or whatever, you know, and that's fine. But, mm -hmm. um, just try to like, um, I was taking a rest day or something. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But just um, mm -hmm. let it be um, good, positive, memorable experiences and make it fun too. like we, we try to do games while we're hiking. Um, sometimes the approaches are pretty long. So we'll do like a lot of word games or um, I don't know, just like we just try to like make them as positive as we can because these days are limited when they're little and when they're with us. I love it. I love it. Well, Baze, let me close with one final question for you. Um, if you could be like the designer of your most ideal day in the outdoors, just describe that day and lean in a little bit so I can make sure I hear you on this one. Like if you had like the magic of creating your best out day, outdoor day, what would it entail? Like just start to finish. Just give me the highlights. What I would ideally want is that like a ton of amazing climbing areas are really close by each other 
And then it would be like a day, like I would just like go to one area, just like climb some, go to another area, climb another, another, just like, like, like not have like places like, like Margalef or so, like be like so far away from like Waco or like the Red River Gorge and stuff. So like have them be really close and then just be able to climb. And, and then also like you would like family and fr- like my you two and then also my some of my like just like friends hanging out and just like um a really like nice day like and yeah i love it i love it friends family good weather and the magic of all the best climbs right next to each other with no approach i'm i'm with you brother i'm with you (laughs) well uh bays wilder your name precedes you uh in metaphor and in actuality i love the name too just like what what a gift to have the last name wilder i mean it's incredible uh it's such a good uh namesake for you i so appreciate you spending time with me and uh and our listeners today and um, I just appreciate you sharing all of your stories, Matt, Sandy, Faze. You all have a great day. Yeah, thank you, you so much for like reaching out and doing this. This is super um, fun. It's nice to talk with you and like meet you and stuff. You bet. I hope you enjoyed hearing from this avid adventurer as much as I did. Join me every week as we continue to explore the inner landscapes and outer accomplishments of our guests. And if you know someone who you think would make a great interview, please reach out to me at the email in the show notes. I look forward to reconnecting next week.